0: Beer lovers, and welcome to episode 13 of The Antidote, a series of special episodes of Brews News Live. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. In this series, we hope to engage with the beer community to share their insights, to get some ideas and strategies, and to provide an online gathering place. It is your virtual beer garden, and we welcome you all. Today, we have Wade Curtis to chat about the ballistic initiatives combating the current business restrictions, and then to Dan Emery from Welders Dog, whose bunker boxes have gone, well, ballistic. Pun by M. Kierkegaard, all rights reserved. Speaking of Matt, <laughs> I'm joined each day by my Brews Newsweek co-host and good mate, Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. G'day, Pete. Thank you for the attribution. You know, the,
1: Every now and then I manage to sort of come out with a zinger that you approve of.
0: Well, yeah. And did you notice I, you know, I, I gave a due deference um, and I respected it. And uh, even if it wasn't the best pun, I, I still I was very polite about it. Thank you. I'd like you all to take that into consideration uh, when we play out our <laughs> outro music at the end of the episode. Uh, Matt, the theme of today is sustainability. Is it? Yeah. Is this the, is is this sustainable? Oh right. Yes.
1: Yes. Sorry. I yeah, just... Remember.
0: remember okay, going back to rehearsals. <laughs> yeah.
1: Both uh, download listeners and chat room. Oh sorry. So so what are you mute. drinking, I forgot Pete?
0: I've to mute my can. Uh, I've got a uh, Wolf of the Willows XPA.
1: Oh, nice. I'm actually there on my list of um, delivery uh, you know, orders. Um, I've got the Mooroo Pilsner that I went uh, searching for last week after we had the guys from... Yeah, um, had a
0: chat with Dave McGill. Yeah, and... and, and, and that you would find them up there?
1: And I did find them. I found their Pilsner and their Pale Ale, and I've... As the uh, Sultana brand uh, ad said, I've been back for more Sultanas. I just loved it. So, uh, so that's what I'm drinking this afternoon. Um, but yes, Pete, you know one of the things that we've been talking about. Um, we kicked this podcast off, um, initially because we had our regular programming that you know is Bruce News Week and Beer is a Conversation, and we just weren't sure as the horror of closures and shutdowns and uncertainty really kicked off, um, and venues went from 500 to 200 to, you know, one person per four square metres You know, w- w- within days, and no one knew what was going to go. Our regular programming, we weren't sure about the tone of that, um, and so we wanted to have something that was really addressing the, um, the, the, the monkey that was ripping our arms off, um, or the elephant that was ripping our arms off.
0: Um, the changing landscape map yeah. will
1: do. Um, and But yeah, so it looks like we've reached the stage that, um, as Winston Churchill said, it's not the beginning of the end, but we might be nearing the end of the beginning where the crazy crisis, everyone's deciding what they're going to do, and now we're sort of settling into that, well, we don't know exactly how long it's going to be, but we've established our rhythm, we know what we're going to be doing, we know our business, and we're just sort of maintaining that now. Um, And yeah, so chat room, we were just wondering whether five episodes a week of this, in addition to our regular programming, was sustainable. And just wondering whether maybe we don't do this Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then our regular programming sticking to the Tuesday and Thursday that we normally do. So just float that out there. I I, I think that um, our fear is that the Topics could become a little bit samey. they you know,
0: it, it'll or change. well, the, the answers and the solutions, even though the situation's changing, Matt, the, the, I think people's responses and what they're doing in, in response to, the, the changes, um, is going to get, a, yeah, a little bit. There's a bit of a sameness.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so, so we'll just float that. that. That's what we're sort of thinking of going towards. Um, and we'll just sort of see what you think. Um, and just looking at the traffic, you know, the, the traffic is certainly staying very high. But the um, w- with so much content, the regular um, podcasts are probably down a little bit. Um, but we're up significantly overall. So just making sure that we're not flooding your streams, and we're also very conscious that there are so many other great podcasts out there, many of which we've encouraged you to listen. And uh, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, so so that's, and, and, uh, and a
0: lot of people, presumably Matt, yeah, do have a little bit more time on the hands in which to listen to podcasts. Hopefully. So. Hopefully. Uh, which is yeah, and look, uh, I guess it's up to you guys. We're we're consistently around the the two dozen listeners in the in the chat room uh, live, but then we're four fifty and, so then and the above. The next day,
1: yeah. So and, and they constantly creep up as people work back through. So then the next day we get about five hundred, and then it sort of keeps building after that.
0: Yeah, sorry, Paul, that ain't going to happen. Um, Paul's Paul Bowker. From, uh, from Brick Lane, what about a Zoom or live bid <laughs> so we can see you all singing and dancing? Well, that,
1: actually, there's that, something because I am I, I'm, I'm, do tend to say, no, we're not going to do it because this is what I think. Um, but, you know, I...
0: What, what, you well, know, what I'd love you to do, one. if we could do one with everyone in the chat room, if everyone in the chat room could see each other, that'd
1: be yeah, cool. But I, I
0: can't, it's one of those
1: things. We're sitting here, we are having important conversations, we're having interesting conversations, they're valuable conversations, but they're things that, you know, whenever I listen to podcasts, I'm cleaning the house, exercising, um, you know, doing something else that doesn't involve me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's enough, Matt. You've painted the picture. Go on.
1: Yeah, <laughs> what else am I going to be doing? in to a podcast, um, washing the dishes. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know that um, Zoom or live vid version, un- unless there is something to demonstrate or something to show, and and that's what when I see uh, video is very very popular. But anyway, th- th- that's enough um, housekeeping for for this episode.
0: Um, Pete. We're going to have a chat with uh, Wade Curtis, and Wade Curtis is a loyal listener, he's part of the Facebook group, and he's been a Radio Brews News listener and a good supporter of ours for a long time. Uh, some may, look, he's not a one-trick pony, but I guess many people will remember him as that bloke who brewed that carrot beer many years ago, but he's, <laughs> well, he's really, far more than just a carrot beer. Wade Curtis, welcome the um
1: Is the carrot beer that well known?
0: Well, let's ask Wade.
1: Wade Curtis, welcome to the antidote. G'day,
2: guys. I can't believe the carrot beer is still following me around. <laughs> See? A guy makes one carrot
0: beer. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You make one carrot beer. <laughs> but, but now, um, in more recent times, uh, you've moved away from from Four Hearts and are now part of the, the Ballistic family, which is now part of the broader Founders First family. Um, and obviously things were, were moving at a fairly rapid rate. You've just opened up out at Springfield, and Matt and I were lucky enough to – Get out to visit there when I was up for the Queensland Beer Awards, which um yeah, went ahead just before everything sort of closed down. So I feel extra special. That, that was, I think, probably the last operating brewery that I visited. Um and certainly things seem to be really pumping, and now all of a sudden you've had to uh dare I say pivot.
2: Yeah, we're we're pivoting a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, pivoting how? because I know that you've got um one of the first announcements that came was you had a little bar at West End in Brisbane and, and, and you closed that down, um, which which must have been a fairly hard decision, but then you've also, since then, it just seems to have been a flood of um, let's make this work announcement. So t- talk us through the, the decision around the West End bar.
2: Um, look, I think it was mostly around just focusing on uh, two larger venues. Um, and I guess the two venues um, where... You know, we had a stronger community support. Um, West End, we've got a really good community support, but there's also a lot of extra competition there. Um, The venue's a little bit smaller and it runs on a different licence. So we're sort of focusing on... It's it's only temporarily closed, um, what what we are focusing on Springfield and Salisbury, uh, where we've got bigger venues, uh, more storage. They're easier for us to service as well. So it was one of those things that... To spread ourselves across three... Areas would have been quite hard, so that just to focus on the food uh, is the decision at the moment. And then hopefully, you know, when everything goes back to normal, we'll be um, back up and running. And you know, we're also looking at other venues um, or other opportunities to open venues and brew pubs. So that's sort of on hold at the moment, but um, we're still keeping an eye out, and that's still part of the plan for Ballistic is to to spread further afield in in Queensland, that's for sure.
1: So you didn't think that there was, I I know that you saying you wanted to focus on other things, but West End, um, we've seen a lot of bars been doing home delivery um, of of food or like a a four-pack and, you know, a pizza sort of often. Did did you give any consideration to doing that sort of, uh, you know, activity? Uh,
2: For a little while. um, But as I said, there's a lot of competition in those areas. Um, And so, you know, we sort of don't have as much competition around us um, in Springfield. Um, And Salisbury, obviously, we don't do food, but um, we have worked with food trucks and other people there as well.
1: And how about uh, at at the Ballistic Home uh, Brewery in Salisbury? Um, (laughs) I, I thought it was a great idea at the moment... We started to see a couple of breweries doing either a drive through or a home delivery, and then it becomes, as often happens, a bit of a flood on social media. But yours certainly stood out with Lockie doing a literal drive through where you cleaned out the bar and you could drive up to the bar and grab a, you know, a four pack or a carton and uh, drive on out.
2: Yeah, well, I think, I mean, we're lucky when we're actually in a warehouse there. Um, And there was, it was, I don't know what it was originally, but, um, well, you know, before we took it over, but you literally can drive in one roller door and out the other. So we thought, you know, what better way to do it? And so we actually, you actually can do that. Like, it wasn't just an advertising stunt. Um, You can drive in, you can um, jump out, grab what you need and then head back off. So we actually have got it sort of all sectioned off. People can still walk in there as well. And, I mean, that was one of the spur of the moment things that you do when, you have to do it you know we need we wanted a, a way where we could cut through and do something a little bit quirk. and we'd already done quite a few videos with Lockie, um explaining some of our beers and so we just thought it would be a fun and engaging way um, rather than just announcing it and you know having a having a diagram or something to have that um i don't know if you saw the bloopers as well but there's also a shot of the barman dropping um uh, four pack of cans down the side <laughs> of the car too um,
1: not david's <laughs> uh not, not david's beautiful uh vintage porsche
2: yes his pride and joy so i don't think it's scratched so i think we're off the hook
0: there. <laughs> well that's why we that's why another another reason that cans are better than bottles
2: well that's right and it didn't smash either so it
0: was even better there you go winning all around um Mate, talk us through um, out at Springfield now. For those who haven't been out that way, because uh, Matt and I were sort of trying to suss out where do we park, and we thought, oh, we're going to a brewery, and we have parked in the car park of a daycare centre, <laughs> um, a, a child care centre. Uh, and then it seems, is it kind of like a? It's obviously it's a it's a the beginning of a, a fairly large development, but at the moment it seems to be pretty much based around um, is it university or a TAFE? Yeah, campus. we're
2: in a we're in an education precinct, uh, and it, it's actually been here for ten years. And because it's a master planned um, community, they sort of have spread out everything, and they're developing it in stages. So there's oh, something like forty thousand um, people around us, and most of them are younger families. So there is when you sort of come here and you, and you don't know the area, it looks like it's kind of um, a bit of an island, but Um, The amount of support we've had from the community has been insane and there's just so many people around here that are looking for the type of experience that we can give them at Springfield when we're actually open and running. At the moment, I'm sitting amongst a whole heap of stacked tables and chairs um, in like a little sad, quiet part overlooking the brewery with no beer in the tanks at the moment. Um, We've decided to stop brewing um, because we're focusing on canning everything in the brewery here. It was more of an R&D brewery where we're putting everything into kegs so we um we don't have the capability to can here uh really i guess we could if we had to but we're focused just on salisbury where we've got our own canning line at the moment
1: and uh, how how sustainable do you think it is you know in the the first week or two we heard that there was a lot of locals turning up driving through buying doing the click and collect uh, food packages do you think that's sustainable longer term Look,
2: I guess that's the massive question, Um, whether or not, you know, the the online and the pickup and the click and collect and the the support we are seeing from the community. The big question is how long is that going to go for? And we kind of look at it every week as a new week and we open the doors and we put stuff out on social media and we um, do our best and turn up and, you know, run specials and we just hope that that's going to continue. But, you know, I think as... Some of the economic downturn bites or not, it'll be very interesting to see whether or not that can be sustainable. Um, you know, there's no doubt this is a different business model than we are. You know, it is a lot different from us having sit-down meals and having 350 people in a venue, to basically down to four staff doing takeaway bottle shop and takeaway food. So, yeah, I don't really know the answer to that. I mean, we're just going to keep um, being here for our community, I guess. Yeah, as long as we as long as we can, and as long as they support us, we'll be here to support them. And that's a big part of what we do at Ballistic. Is you know we like to support the community and, and be a part of that community and try and repay them. They've given us a lot of support at Springfield and in Salisbury. Springfield's only been open for six months, and you know the amount of people that have come into us and said, "Look, we just want to get burgers this Thursday or Wednesday or Friday night, just to support you guys, because we we want to make sure you're here when." everything reopened. So
0: that support's been amazing. Yeah, I think that the one shining light or the, the silver lining that, that that's come out of this is I think people have uh, proudly embraced their, I don't know, is the local version of nationalism localism or, you know, um, I guess that neighbourhood kind of feeling is really sort of coming back. And it does seem that people want to consciously support the locals, like you said, so that when this is all over, those little, those small businesses are still there and they you know, what makes the their community beat is still there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we've had people come in that said, oh, we've been meaning to come since you guys opened, but you're just so busy before Christmas. And then we were busy after Christmas. And sometimes, some of these people, the first time they're actually experiencing our venue is coming here for takeaway cheeseburgers and a, and a four pack or a carton of, of pale ale. So yeah, it's really interesting that it's even motivating some people that just hadn't had the opportunity to come and visit us, to now come and visit us and and show their support, even though they've been meaning to get here and and on all those sorts of things. So, yeah, that's even more sort of um, heartening, I guess, to see that level of support.
1: And I guess asking people's intentions is always problematic because, you know, if you ask someone what they intend to do, it's always different from the action that they can have later. But I am hearing a lot of people sort of starting to plan, you know, both, um, you know, restaurants and things like that starting to think that this is a sustainable model um, going forward, that restaurants that had only ever been dine-in venues um, are looking at ways that they can not use Uber Eats for the huge gouge that they take out, but have takeaway or have a, a, a much more of a hybrid offer. Are, are, are you guys planning anything along those lines? Uh, look, I don't,
2: I don't think so. It's not our intention. I mean, now goal really is to provide awesome beer experiences in our venues Um, and that's kind of what we would that's what we'd like to do I'm not I'm not sure if we'll um, sort of morph into more doing more takeaway or or having a different option I think what it has done is probably educated a lot of people that thought we were a um, a bar like just a bar and a brewery um, it's probably educated them that we do actually do takeaway. Um, Beer, yeah, anyway, and and that I think is will be hopefully good for us in the future. We have uh, we would have had to have moved probably close to 300 growlers so far. Um, now all the, oh, well up until a week ago, they all had the ballistic logo on, but we ran out of those ones, so we required some blank ones. But all these people now have got into the habit of realizing, oh, you can go and fill that up and and take it away, or I can buy cans. Whereas before we had a can fridge. And it was re- were relatively well signed, but we didn't. We sold quite a fair bit. But I think now hopefully we can do more takeaway. But I don't know. We really, I mean, we love hospitality. It's about getting people in your venue, them spending time with your products and enjoying them and, and us talking them through those products and, and, and I guess curating that experience. And I think that's what we ultimately want to get back to. It'll be a bit disappointing if that side of hospitality kind of takes a bit of a hit after everything goes back to normal, but I don't think so. I mean, sitting in your lounge room is a lot different to sitting in next to the beer tanks in a brew pub, so you know, and listening to live music and all the things that we do. Um, I think there's still going to be um, a sustainable business model in that sense.
1: And how about your wholesale, uh, sorry, your, your, your wholesaling to retail because I know that with the um, you know partnership with founders first you'd started to get traction in some of the national accounts is 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 that providing a little bit of subsistence uh for you is, is that kept going
2: yeah absolutely i mean that the, the bottle shops um, both independent and in the majors is, is going really well for us and that is something that um you know, there's been a fair bit of focus on so it really is an important part of our business and so yeah that's been that's been good as well, and we've picked up some new stores in the state as well and you know we're hoping to get more so yeah that's it, that's kept things moving that's for sure
1: before we let you go any um deals at our uh, national audience or is or is it very much I know you've got your seventy dollar free delivery to brisbane deal at the moment
2: um yeah so i mean we do we are delivering everywhere via our website, but I guess, yeah, not so much. Um, we are working on on some offers um, that will be national, um, but there's probably nothing I can kind of talk to at the moment. But, um, yeah, there's definitely, I mean, I guess, yeah, we're just keen for everybody that wants to support us to buy our beer wherever they can. And I know that a lot of other breweries, local breweries, are in that same position. Um, so, yeah, the, from a national point of view, it's really just, you know, keep an eye out for our core range and some of our limited stuff that we've got going out um, over the next couple of months. And, yeah, we'd love any support anybody can give us.
0: Well, mate, you've got our support uh, here and um, um, of those in the the chat room, I'm sure. Um, Good luck with it all. And Wade Curtis from Ballistic Brewing, thanks very much for joining us on the Antidote.
2: No worries. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. And, um, yeah, thanks for doing this too, I guess. yeah, I'm super exhausted after the last three weeks. So I'm just, I've am just i enjoyed listening to these and I'm just looking forward to Easter at the moment. We're going to have a proper break and four days off. So, yeah, enjoy that if you guys are doing the same.
1: Oh, no, mate, we will be. Trust us, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Recharge, reset, start again. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, thanks Wade. Wade. See you, mate. Cheers, guys. Funny thing there, Matt. Um, I'm really starting to sort of think about... We we talk about, oh, when things get back to normal. Uh, I, I don't know whether things ever will go back to the way they were. Um, and if things go back to, you know, hashtag normal, I think it's going to be 12, 18, maybe two years, 18 months or two years down the track. I think we'll, we'll get back out of... We'll, we'll get out of this, the, the severe sort of restrictive lockdown um, sooner rather than later. But I think it's actually going to be... Um, Longer term before we before we get back to what we would consider normal and the reason I say that is that I've just speaking to people in the last few days and I've heard so many people who are energized by um, the opportunities that this has created in terms of we now know that you know it doesn't take 10 focus groups and 15 meetings and 400 emails to come up with a new idea. You can come up with something and, you know, not be doing something one day and doing it the next um, and, and finessing it as it goes along. And oh. hopefully um, government, I guess, restricts, uh, loosens restrictions on, um, you know, the, the boxes that have to be ticked and the, the hoops that have to be jumped through in order to, you know, change the way your business operates. Mm. Be interesting and, to see.
1: and if we can not be dickheads with the way that, you know, consumers handle um, the, the, the relaxed attitudes to drinking, hopefully some of these can stick. But speaking of people that have uh, sort of looked at ways and have been really, really excited about um, the opportunities that this has presented and have almost, you know, uh, sort of gangbusters probably isn't an uh, unapt uh, description. Uh, Bunker busting. Yeah, (laughs) Dan Emery, tell us about your uh, um, bunker busting uh, deals. Bunker, bunker busters.
3: Hey guys, thanks for having us on. Um, Yeah, so the, the bunker boxes came about. We, we sort of the writing was on the wall that uh, we were going to be shut down our two little craft beer bars uh <clears throat> we knew they were going to close so we sort of jumped on the front foot and we closed them up a day early and we thought well oh shit we'll focus all our efforts on the brewery now and um yeah so we closed those down on Saturday and by Tuesday morning we launched these uh bunker boxes which are essentially pulling together all the best local produce so your breads milks meats um, and, of course, our beers. And, yeah, we started started a campaign Tuesday morning. And by Tuesday night, we'd sold out 100 boxes. And we thought, this is all right. So then we opened up next week. And by the end of the week, we'd sold out 250. And we thought we'd better cap that just because just, it's a whole new trade, getting out there and delivering them all. And then week number three, we, we've had to cap it at 350. And, yeah, and we're already halfway through. Um, capping it for next week as well. So.
0: <laughs> Dan, been talk, awesome. talk us through how the, how the Bunker Box actually works because uh, it's, it's not just like, you know, okay, well, we're a brewery, so we'll send beer out. You're actually, like, collecting produce, fresh produce. From, Bread, eggs. Uh, from people, yeah, around the area. And then you've got three different branded – you've got the Tamworth Boxes, Armadale Boxes and Inverell Boxes. So presumably that's, um, you know, for <laughs> – specific to which area in terms of the produce available or is it more delivery dates and that sort of thing?
3: Yeah, it's it's worked really well. Like we already had some good relationships with uh, these good local producers because we, we move a bit of their stuff through our bars and we made a call and they were equally in, in as much shock as we were knowing what was happening and they're like, geez, we don't know what to do. So we sort of threw it out to them. Well, do you reckon you could get us 100 loaves of bread by Wednesday and do you reckon you get us... Uh, you know hundred bottles of milk by wednesday and and everyone was like, yep we 'll do anything whatever and it sort of came together amazingly well and uh, with with very few hiccups, a few late deliveries, and that but um yeah we've managed to pull together about fourteen local producers, and now we 're sort of juggling how do we how do we keep it interesting for the consumer <laughs> and yeah it's it 's a bit of fun it's we're using our brains in a whole new way.
1: And who's buying them? Who who are they? Your regular you know, bar clientele? Are they regular consumers of your beer from bottle shops, or is it? Have you discovered a whole new audience through all of this?
3: Absolutely, we've um like plenty of our our good local supporters. They jumped on board. They were the early buyers, but we've seen people. We're delivering to people that I don't even know if they knew we existed, and and the feedback we're getting is awesome. So I think it's actually going to open up a few avenues for us to really. Uh, talk directly to our locals and uh, get them on board so when this is hopefully all over we've uh, opened up a whole new market and and we're sort of making sure we send out a flyer and giving a bit of info about all the all the producers and ourselves and we sort of see it as an opportunity to really um, get some really strong local support at the end of it
1: but when it's done, like, it, are you going to continue? Like, it, is this something that you would see continuing past the, the the lockdowns, or is this just a great way to engage with your audience and let them know that you exist?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. We've been we've been talking about it. Like, is is this going to be the new norm? Um, the feedback we're getting it, it it is a great product, and we're delivering so within ten k's from each CBD uh, of of the towns and. And there's plenty of people saying, look, when this is all over, we would 100% be getting this because when can you get like a, a warm loaf of bread that was baked sort of at 4 a.m. and we're rocking in, knocking on your door at 7:30 in the morning, and and you've got you know just fresh fresh loaf of bread 10k's out of town, like it's it's a pretty good service. So we're we're considering, you know, maybe this will keep going, and and what it will allow us to do is really um, keep keep uh, challenging these guys with some new beers that we're making and uh, keep the information out
0: there about what we're brewing. And, and, yeah, we we think it could be really good. It's a nice opportunity too, Dan, I guess, to sort of implant in people that whole, you know, beer and food actually goes together, you know, some would suggest perhaps better even than, than food and wine goes together.
3: Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, we're even trying to uh, make sure the beers, we're matching them with a, a meal. So we're still... Still trying to improve it each week, but the plan will be to make sure the meats go with the veggies, and and then they can possibly, you know, even use our stout in one of them for for a casserole, and really try and match them. And, and we'll put recipe cards and everything. We've we've got opened up plenty of time. We've sort of cancelled twenty odd festivals and whatever. So now we're like, all right, who who specializes in what? And we're starting to get right into our cooking and making it interesting for for people. So it's, it's going to be fun. So um, just just
1: let me know this. Yeah, you know, I'm so caught up in your enthusiasm, but is this uh, you know is this something that is just keeping your staff engaged, keeping them employed, and keeping the wolves at bay, or is this something that is actually a fairly positive um you know business outcome for you that's you know a little bit more than just survival?
3: Um yeah, it's it's sort of looking that way. Like we were hoping just to keep the lights on to you know be able to do a hundred, hundred and fifty, but. Now it's sort of taken off and, and the feedback we're getting is is awesome and we're having to cap it each week. And, look, it's still early days, but there, there seems to be that there's an opportunity here where it, it does actually have some legs. And, and a good example of it would be we're used to sending beers out around the country and getting paid in 21 days if we're lucky. Now we're actually – people are pre-ordering and they're paying the money and then we're producing the product we're doing all the orders and we're sending it out and we're like well how good is this to for once having money in <laughs> before you send stuff out like it's it's the opposite to our industry so it's it's been really good
0: uh, and uh, the other thing too, I noticed from uh, from your website and uh, remembering as my very short time as a as a home brewer myself that it's you know the capers kind of 1% perspiration and 99% sanitation um yep. You, you note that on the on the website um what sort of things are you going uh, um because obviously you know people are concerned about if it's fresh fruit and veg you go well, i'm going to wash it or i'm going to cook it so i'm not that worried about it but yep. things like you know you've got a packet of eggs or you've got you know uh, i guess you know something that's in a you know cherry tomatoes whatever it might be what sort yep. of um practices have you guys implemented to to make sure that you i guess doing your best to make sure that things are as safe as possible
3: Yeah, absolutely. So straight away, like even our suppliers, we we saw they were a risk coming into our venue. So we immediately set up uh, places for people to just drop their gear off. We've got a bell set up. uh, They can ring a bell. We know someone's there. So no one comes into the brewery. Anyone that does, just our workers, we minimise that. um, And they're they're wearing proper face masks, gloves, everything while they're in there. And we've even had to have two working crews just in case – Someone contracted it, and you know they came and said, right, you're, you guys are all in isolation. It had shut everything down. So we we've actually got a crew that they're the delivery crew. We don't see them. Like we see them sitting in the car. They don't get out. They back in. We launch in another twenty, and off they go. And and we try to minimize it. So if the shit hit the fan and one of us got it and and it shut one crew down, we wouldn't be completely uh buggered. So we'd be able to get the other crew to jump in there and. Keep going while while that side of the crew's in isolation. So we've we've taken it pretty pretty carefully, and I think the customers are really appreciating that we're we're rocking and we're taking it very seriously. We're wearing the masks and the gloves, and and you know 20% of them don't even want to see us. They're like, leave it there, and and you know that's totally fine, and we're happy to do that. So we want people to know, look, we are taking it serious, and and there's minimizing the risk as much as we possibly can
1: mate just tell us a little bit about the Weller's dog we've never had you on the uh the, the podcast before but uh, it was rather nice when we were having a bit of a chat yesterday to get you onto the show you said that uh you, you listen you, you used to listen to the the, the podcast as, as a founding for for the brewery
3: yeah that's right mate we um we're good mates i i've possibly come across them in your time but the guys that own st john's craft beer bar in Launceston, them we went to uni with those guys and and they were uh, right into craft beer many years ago, and and it was Ryan coming up here that got me right into it in the first place about eight or nine years ago, and um we just yeah just loved it, and he was the one that always texted me through anything that was coming on, and yeah brews news we listened to it religiously, um yeah it's sort of what got us interested in this whole industry, and that sort of led to thinking well we need a A craft beer bar here and so that was about five and a half years ago we kicked that off and um then yeah a second bar and then we we were avid home brewers and we ended up getting someone that had a bit more skills than us
0: (laughs) (laughs) as a business
3: partner and um yeah we we haven't had our uh I think we've learned along the way how hard it is to start a brewery I think that set us up well for needing resilience to get through this next period because <laughs> the, first, the first year was a terrific learning curve. We had exploding stock, breakdowns, you name it, we had it. So I think that set us up well
0: to be able to handle this this next uncertain period. Well, mate, thanks very much for joining us on The Antidote and hopefully we can catch up and, uh, and have a beer in real life uh, at Gab's later on in the year. Sounds fantastic, mate. Right? Thanks for the call. Thanks for
3: having me on.
1: Oh, our, our pleasure. And congratulations for, uh, you know, as as Pete loves to say, turning uh, red thoughts into green thoughts.
0: Uh, good on you. Thanks, fellas. No worries, mate. God bless yeah. and Godspeed. Uh, how good's that, Matt? And th- oh, look, I know we um, we discussed, oh, look, you know, there's a... a a risk we run in doing this whole antidote series that, you know, there's going to be a bit of emotion, there's going to be a bit of gloom and doom, there's going to be a bit of, um, you know, tearjerker sort of stuff. Um, but it seems now, and, and I did wonder whether it's going to take us a couple of weeks to get used to the new normal, um, but then after that we're going to go, okay, well, yeah, this is it. There's, you can piss and moan and uh, as much as you like. Um, you know, it's that, it's that old, uh, the old saying that, you know, uh, Men in hell want, high, uh, want iced water, but wish and won't make it so. You know, sometimes you just got to say, well, this is my lot. W- what do we do with it? And it, it really seems the last couple of um, chats we've had with people over the last couple of days has been inspiring.
1: Oh, and, and it was. And just, like, as I think I said to you uh, when we were setting up uh, for tonight that uh, Dan's enthusiasm, when I spoke to him, it was just sort of like just such enthusiasm for what they were doing and so excited and so positive and you know, look. I don't want to make any light of how, how tough it is, um, and you know, anything like that, and and all of our businesses, you know, ours included, I- is going through that. But it is really I- exciting to hear people that are going. Well, look, you know, I'm not going to sit here and just, uh, you know, complain. I'm looking to throw them. Them the towel. Yeah, yeah look throw in the towel. In. Uh, Get on. And so, you know, uh, I, I'm pretty sure if the prime minister was on, uh, he would be talking about that's the Australian spirit.
0: Hey, mate. Tough times don't last. But tough people do.
1: <laughs> but speaking of politicians, Pete, as we uh, planned. Now, actually, <laughs> I, had, go on. Had, had you realised that, oh, uh, that this Friday was Good Friday? Oh, what that? Had you realised that this Friday was Good Friday? Because I certainly hadn't when I'd been scheduling guests and podcasts for Friday. Oh,
0: we have to pay them double, don't we? Because it's a public holiday. <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, no. So tomorrow, um. We're we, we're going to be catching up, uh, for, with John Hall uh, from the the US. Um, drink beer, think beer, amongst other things. Terrific guy, and uh, but I have to say he's one of the guys that, uh, you know, has an incredibly thoughtful approach. Beer's not to him; he's not a booze slinger hound. Um,
0: it's not the liquid. It's yeah, not it's, about it's the not share a liquid.
1: He's somebody that has a sort of a, like an emotional, um, almost a spiritual connection with beer. And, you know, so I, I love talking to him, hearing his thoughts about the industry. Um, but then also just sort of thinking because you see what's coming out of New York at the moment. And, yeah, really keen to see, uh, you yeah, know, how things are going for him in New Jersey, we decided it was. Um,
0: it is New Jersey, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Which uh, means we can, we can say things like, forget about it. You know. <laughs> are you done? Are you done?
1: And uh, so we've got John Holler, but we've also got uh, Cameron Dick, the Minister for State Development and Industry in Queensland, um, to talk. uh, And it was good to hear John yesterday talking about how when they were getting into making hand wash, that the Queensland government reached out and said, hey, guys, how much of that stuff do you want to make? And next thing they're ordering, I think it was 100,000 litres of ethanol.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was just crazy amounts, Um, but it's good to see that, and as I say, all credit to him, um, because I think the politicians have been a little bit in the dark, and, and then, of course, when Brewdog announced, oh, you know, we're coming in, all of a sudden everyone thought, oh, beer, okay, let's talk about beer, and then had to get the tap on the shoulder from your good self. Um, to be told, uh, not actually local? And did you realise that there's actually a lot of really good local beers, uh, a lot of local talent in in, in the brewing and hospitality scene? Um, and in fact, you know, I think at that point, five out of the six champion breweries across the Indies and AIBAs were all Queensland uh, breweries.
1: Yeah, and and look, you know, I like can certainly, uh, you know, I'll sort of... Uh Pat myself on the back for that one. But to his credit, you know, since then, they have uh, announced the plan to create the um, craft beer strategy and then they've launched a strategy. And through this, they have... Like, I don't think you'll hear a brewer in Queensland that doesn't say this is awesome um, because they have really got in and have been listening and consulting. um, And, yeah, so a good chance to sort of speak to... Cameron Dick tomorrow, and find out a little bit more about what Queensland's doing. Uh, I think the Courier-Mail, which is the statewide newspaper, ran a complete list of craft breweries. Um, it, it wasn't anything to do with even Keep Local Alive. It wasn't that sort of campaign. Um, it was just, here is your local brewery. Get out and support them. This is what the Queensland government's done. And to see that sort of coverage, it was really exciting that the ge- Queensland government is actually getting out of their way and you know letting them support themselves as opposed to shutting down and then needing a, a handout or a bailout so it was yeah really yeah. awesome so keen to find out a little bit more about that tomorrow
0: Excellent now looking forward to it uh, let 's do it all again tomorrow. Thanks very much to everyone in the chat room for joining us again and thank you to all for listening um, we 're stoked with the Uh, With the response, as I say, we're up around the the sort of 450 for each episode, uh, which is great. Um, As of next week, if you've just joined us or if you're just listening um, in repeat, um, we're probably going to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at least for the next few weeks. Um, We'll give you as much entertainment as we can, but we'll try and keep it short and sharp and sweet uh, and relevant. But as I say, we want to make sure that the, the guests are bringing something new to the, the discussion. Um, we're keeping you entertained. Um, and obviously, my my outros are just going to get better and better. And, um, <laughs> well, you're going to have lots of practice, And better received. <laughs> uh, Matt Strom us out. was the unprecedented pivots with we're all in this together you're listening to matt and pete in the all together afternoon show and remember if you're working from home don't you go changing and we're out now was that better than yesterday's